You are listening to Twisted, an SVU podcast on Spotify and Anchor FM. And welcome, this is BD Rose, and this is Twisted, an SVU podcast. How's everybody doing? Alright, how was your weekend so far? I hope you enjoyed a nice weekend, you know, and I just want to say thank you for the ladies who are listening in, though. It's a pleasure, though. And, you know, I'm like, I'm like the ladies' man, like, um, like, um, we do Tim Meadows, but I'm not like Tim Meadows or the ladies' man, so, I mean, if you, if you watch SNL, you know what I mean, I'm an SNL fan. I remember I used to watch Bad TV, which was better than SNL. But when Mad TV got canceled back in 2008, though, I decided to go back to SNL, though. Even even though in Mad TV, though, they stated that it's better than SNL. So what you think? You think Mad TV is better than SNL? Let me know. Leave the comments and let me know. Now, uh, have you been watching um, SVU last week? Have you been watching uh, new episodes of SVU and Organized Crime? Well, I'm gonna tell you this on SVU that um that uh, there was a hostage situation. I mean, the lady, the lady who owned the restaurant, she's holding a, a couple of people hostage because she so got so frustrated <laughs> with this excuse me, COVID nineteen thing. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, what happened was that her because um her business is in trouble and they was about to shut her business down because no one has been no one has been coming because due to COVID, and then she um, missed her family members and all that stuff. So um, next thing you know, that she was so desperate. I mean, she had the whole people hostage, and Bessie came over trying to negotiate. You know, try to you know you blow the fuse and all that stuff though. Cause I mean the lady who owned the restaurant, she was at a breaking point and all that stuff though. I mean, cause she couldn't take it no more because she was losing her business due to COVID nineteen. So and then we know sometimes when they lose their jobs or they got like a mental issue and they about to break down and all that stuff and uh, get all violent and all that nonsense. So so um and over at the organized crime, there's a stabler having some PTSD and then he get distracted by the internet and he's he's trying and then he's blocking traffic because he's looking on the internet because he's trying to find out about his wife's um, bombing and and killing and all that stuff though and um, his son is telling him you you gotta pay attention and you're you're blocking traffic and all that stuff I mean come on y'all I mean come on and however, though, the uh, Stabler's family and along with Benson, they staged an intervention in his apartment. And then Stabler was was blurting out these three big words. And you know what the, the three big words say? I love you. Ooh. And then, I mean, I don't, I don't know. This is the moment that fans been waiting for, man. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, who is he doing? Doing it to Benson? Yo, uh, oh my goodness! I mean, she was like uh, shocked and uh, Benson was like shocked and um, flattered. Well, not flattered. I mean, when he laid it out, though. But I don't know. Is he admit? I mean, he admitted it. I mean, that's like an OMG moment. And an OMG moment at toward the end of the episode is that Saber discovers that 
that his wife was the target of the bombing. At first, the bomb was intended for him and all stuff, but it turns out that it actually, actually, when going it, it, the bomb and them killing was going after his wife. How wait, how, wait a minute? How did his wife get involved in some shady stuff? I mean, has his wife gone rogue, or is his, did his wife did something behind his back? I mean, what the hell is your wife doing now, huh? Why why was she the target? That's what we're trying to find out, though. So we have to wait till maybe about a couple more weeks for another crossover episode to try to this ends. So um, now. So anyway, let's get to the episode. Oops. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Now, we're in um, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, Season 1, Episode 10, Closure. Now, this is probably the best episode going on around here, Closure. And um, this is the first episode to be aired on a Friday night. When SVU came on, it on um, when SVU or Lauren or SVU premiered on NBC, it 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 was airing Monday nights at ten o'clock. So now this I'm sorry with this episode though they moved it to Friday nights at ten, filling and then taking over the spot was was um occupied by. Homicide Life All in the Street, which also stars Richard Belzer. And this is the first one for the 2000s because this is um the 90s are over and we're into 20 we're into the 21st century right now. So the Y2K bug never happened or the or the Y2K glitch never happened and all that stuff. So now and um Friday nights, you know, Friday nights was a, was a time where people had to go out to the movies, go out to the clubs, and I'm somehow the folks at NBC thinking that they 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 they, they, they put um, Law and Order SVU on a Friday night death slot, thinking that the shows were going to be canceled. Well, they was wrong because viewers start tuning in though, because the story was just getting just getting better. Well, slowly getting better and all this stuff, though. Now, now check this out. Now, this is a season SVU season one episode ten closure. It was 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 written by Wendy West and directed by Stephen Wertmeyer. All right. So, you know, we go into the prologue, and guess what? There's Tracy Pollan, actress Tracy Pollan, the wife of Michael J. Fox. And, you know, Michael J. Fox was a star of Family Ties, and he later appeared in Spin City before he was diagnosed with, um, uh, I forgot, he was, he was, I was diagnosed with a disease, and I think it was like that, I forgot what the name of what, what it was, though. When he started moving his hands and stuff like that, though. And, um... I read an article saying that Tracy Pollan, oh yeah, by the way, Tracy Pollan though, she um, played um, one of Michael Jackson's girlfriends on Family Ties though, I mean, Michael J. Fox played Alice P. Keaton, so um, 
it turns out that she was on Family Ties for one season back in 1985, and she she played um, the girlfriend of Michael J. Fox's character, Alex P. Keaton. And you know she left after the first season and all that stuff. So, and however though, and then they've uh, replaced it with Courtney Cox as the new girlfriend on the rest of the Family Ties run. So. And I remember this one episode when um, Alex was um, started falling in love with uh, Tracy. It was like a two-parter, and then he's wearing a tuxedo, and then he says, "I love you," and all that stuff. So, I mean, that was a 1985. Was that was a that was a time when Michael J. Fox blew up and all that stuff. So, so anyway, you know, Michael J. Fox. So he married his um, the, his co-star who appeared on Family Ties. I mean, she was a recurring character for crying out loud. So now. Here's Tracy Paulin in the prologue. She calls 911 saying that she has been raped. Then the next scene, Brenton gets a call. And yo, check this out though. She was sleeping with Cassidy. I mean, Brenton was butt naked and Cassidy was there in bed with her. I mean, they just had sex. And it was a surprise and a shock though because they thinking that Brenton and Steven, they like partners that they were like fall in love. But Cassidy, yo, that was I was like I was surprised I was like I'm no not shocked but surprised that the Benson would go sleep with her coworker on the unit man. So next you know Benson gets up and she tries to get dressed. She leaves the bed leaves the bedroom and um, Cassidy was like, hey, hey, you are amazing. And Benson puts on a robe saying, don't get used to it. <laughs> and then opening credits we go so um yeah oh my goodness but I'm gonna tell you something Benson it don't make no sense strange to see Benson and Cassie together because most of the time y'all see like Benson and Stabler together y'all thinking there was gonna be like a good couple like on screen and stuff like that though but I mean you know the recent episode of uh, Organized Crime is going to show you that um Sabler blurted it out to Buster saying that he loves her right in front of his family. Ooh. So, somehow, I know a lot of y'all, I hope y'all pleased about that, though. I mean, after 20 years of the making and all that stuff, though. And, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you that it's rare to see Benson and Cassie in bed together have, having sex, you know, and all that stuff. I mean, um, uh, what, she, what did Benson do? She, 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 how did this? How did this happen? I mean, no one suspect that coming during the first season, and you know this is the first season of SVU, which there's no iced tea in it though. So you got like Cassidy and the other and the black girl Jeffries, right? So um, it doesn't. Sometimes you know it's just kind of strange how y'all see that though. I mean, so we're gonna go look into that later a few minutes. Now, okay, you know, Benson is at the hospital. She uh, talks to Harper uh, Anderson, aka um, Tracy Pollen, about what happened. So, um, and then and after questioning, interviewing her, though, the, um, Benson orders like uh, a rape kit or Harper. So they go through the procedure, you know, mouth swab, pictures, blood work. And you know, finger, you know, fingernails and all that stuff, though. So, um, they they decided that doctor, Detective Benson and the doctor, they want to deal with like a UV test, but uh, Harper refuses. 
you know that she's at because he because he showered her he she he, he she was showered anyway, but it turns out you know that um where they get to that in a minute and all that stuff so. But he got Stabler over there. I mean, he he she talks to the doctor and all stuff, and then and then you got the officer showing up, and um, and Stabler, Detective Stabler asked the cop what about what happened, and then he you know he asked he asked why he left the victim in the in the hospital or waiting room. Because um, and the cop tells Detective Stabler that he, she asked him to or ordered him to, and Stabler was like, "You do not leave a victim alone." So we're gonna at the union though. They bring Harper in, and you know for, uh, you know for interview, and then they wanted her to describe her attack. Right. So Harper describes her attack, and she tells Benson and Stabler. That uh, there was, they had like some Halloween carnival out there in the streets, and then she fell asleep. When she woke up, though, she noticed that a guy was on top on on bed, and he ordered her to um, pull up her blouse, and he was he was forcing himself on her. I mean, he put the blouse over her head, and he said please, and then he forced himself on her, like holding her legs and with his knees. I mean. And he put the robe or put the robe, robe or blouse over her head so she can see. Next thing you know, that he raped her five times, and then he and he and he came. And uh, after that, he ordered her to take a shower, and he's being polite and all that stuff, saying please and and all that stuff. So it's like um and um. And then the per and the and the per, per tells her I'm not gonna insult her, and then Harford tells her that she's not gonna call the police. So um, she also and Mister Stabler describe who he looked like, and then she tells them the description. He was like a sandy white, he was tall, white, sandy hair. And uh, check this out, though. they've um that that um. And, you know, that the perp stole her ring and wallet. So, you know, after questioning her, you know, like, uh, quite overnight, though, I mean, um, and, you know, the interview and the questioning went over through uh, most of the night until the morning came. So, when it's morning, in the morning, then Benson takes Harper to her boyfriend's apartment, apartment. And later on, Benson joins um, the other cops while searching for her apartment. And guess what they found? They found a, a marijuana joint and a curling iron used as a gun. So um, Cassidy believes that um, um, Harper was setting everything up and made up the story about her being raped, though. And Benson doesn't believe in one bit and all this stuff, though. So later at the squad room, you know, there was uh, there these um. That it, it was that they they even was that there you know was that there have been several they were, they were investigating they were saying there have been several rape robberies around there I mean that what Cassidy said though so Munch says that the um, guy is a power rapist because he's always polite saying please and all this stuff though and Craig and it tells Benson to question Harper about the drugs that she was having during the time of her attack. 
so later on, Benson, Detective Benson, save a little. They talk to her boyfriend and about what happened to Harper, and the boyfriend tells him that she's at work. So they go to um, Benson, save it. They go to Harper's job, and Benson asks her how much pot she smoked last night, and then she didn't like. She didn't like the answer. I mean. I just went to, she just got a little defensive and irritated or something like that, saying that she went for a job interview and had to bellow aloud or something like that, though. I mean, and then they say, um, they thinking that uh, she made this up and all, so I mean, I don't know what happened, though. And then, now, I mean, you know, speaking about that, though, I mean, just speaking about the smoking pot thing, though, I got a confession to make. I never smoked pot. But um, I ate a brownie that was laced in pot, and I didn't even know. And there was a story that I was doing poetry several years ago, and this lady, just this this lesbian, I mean, this lady, this this sister was the short hair, but she looked like a lesbian. She was selling pastries, so. I tried some of her pastries, and I got her business card, and the next thing I know is I was um. I ordered some brownies. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. By the way, the lady who sells the pastries, her name was the Chocolate Goddess. She's a black lady with um, short hair, clean shaven hair. She looking like a butch lesbian, butch both like butch le- or something like that though. So, I ordered some brownies from her, like two big brownies, and she told me to meet her at Starbucks. So I went to Starbucks in Brooklyn. She came by with the brownies, and I had to pay twenty dollars for them brownies. And their brownies were shaped like tits, big, big ass tits. So I went home, ate one of them, no problem. As soon as I got off, went on the train. I started not feeling myself. I started bugging out. I mean, I was nervous. I was like, couldn't. Rem- Remember thing does I be getting a little confused and I was like my heart was racing I mean next thing you know is that I mean I couldn't control my arms and legs I mean I got off the train but I realized I left my bag in the train and the train closed and left the station so I wasn't feeling I wasn't feeling right I mean next thing you know is that my my heart was racing I felt lightheaded I I. I couldn't, I couldn't feel myself, like, I mean, I felt like I was turning invisible, like I was gonna die, and I was doing the Lord's Prayer right in the subway mezzanine, next thing you know, I had to run out of the train station, and I was walking as fast as hell, looking for help, trying to find water, until I approached the top, and I told her that I wasn't feeling right, and I knew I wasn't feeling right, and then the next thing you know, is I couldn't control my body, I was laying on, on the floor, trying to relax, and then, my feet started slurring, and I, I couldn't control my arms and legs. I called my brother, I tell him that I need help, but then all of a sudden, I just started slurring my speech. It was crazy. Next thing you know, the ambulance came, and the uh, ambulance came, and uh, they put me on a gurney. I mean, I, I couldn't control, I tried to control my arms and legs, you know, I mean, I wasn't feeling right, though. I mean, I felt like I was bugging out, so... Next thing you know, I'm at the hospital. My mom and my brother are there, and um, and I heard a doctor saying that they found cannabis in my system. You know, they did some blood work and all that stuff, though. And they found cannabis in my system, so I had to spend the whole weekend in the hospital. While I was there, I developed the munchies, and 
the grueling experiences. Uh, I mean, they, they had to check on you like overnight to see if you're sleeping or awake or something like that. I mean, it was it was annoying, but but however though, I pulled through. I left and I left the hospital for five days. So I ran, ran to the chocolate guys again at some venue. I told her I didn't I didn't appreciate the stuff that stuff that you gave me, and then she just brushed it off, saying I'm busy right now. You know what? Here's a lesson in new. Never buy any pastries from a business that is not legit, especially from a drug dealing dyke. You know, I mean, I was going to tell my mom we was going to report this, you know, but, you know, I mean, the lady who was selling them paste, the lace pastries have peep friends, you know, and they don't want to get caused like a little problem. So we have to just forget about it. All right, let's go back to the episode, okay? Now, um, we're at um, Harper's apartment, and then you know the guy was the tenant, the tenant, the no, the landlord was changing the locks, right? So, um, and and uh, they talked to the land, the business, the detective, Spencer Saver talked to the landlord and see they see anybody, and uh, tenant tell him you asked them, no, the landlord tells him to ask the one of the tenants, so. Benson and Stavler speak to one of the tenants, and the tenants tell them tells them that um, there was this guy was spying on her from across the street. So they talk to the neighbor if he's seen anything. <clears throat> he only said he only saw Harper naked, but he didn't see the the suspect. So he was like, "What you gonna do to me?" And Benson was like the same thing you did to her. I mean, I don't know. You, he, I don't know. They pick him up as a person of interest, but I don't think he's. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think he's a person of interest and in all that stuff, though. I mean, he didn't. He heard about the. You know, he heard about the attack, but he didn't see the guy. He only saw or, or the suspect. He only saw her. I don't know. That's a, like a little setback or something like that, though. So we're back at the squad, back back at the union. Jesse has a receipt that the suspect has used, and he's and it says the suspect spent a lot of money on getting meats. Turns out that that the suspect used her credit card to purchase a lot of buy a lot of meat. So they bring one of the suspects in, and he's like a meat lover and all this stuff. So when they bring the suspect in, Cassie talks to Benson for for a bit asking her out again and all this stuff but she declines though and she tells them that they were drunk one night and then they slept together and she wanted it to happen but she didn't want to go through this again through this again so after Benson leaves Cassidy though she talks to Sabler and Benson tells him that she broke a rule I mean and then she, she also tells him that he wants to see her again. And Sable tells her just to play nice and all that stuff. And then he'll lose interest in all that stuff. So um, they go to the interrogation though. And, and Bess and Sable talk to Craig in outside the interrogation room. And they found out that the, the suspect has a history of robbery. So moments later though, when they talk to... The, there's one of the suspects in the interrogation room and um, he said you know he said he got nothing to do and all that stuff he was bored and whatever it's like that though so um, they ask him 
they, they ask him, oh, I mean, well, what time, what, what were you doing at the time of rape? And the suspect claims that he was locked up at the time of the rape. And he didn't rape her, but he found her wallet after he, after they let him out. So later on, um, Vincent Saver and the Craig, you know, they're trying to find a DNA to match their suspect. Turns out there was no match. So uh, Harper comes in for ID, but Vincent tells her that they didn't have them. So... However, though, I mean, I mean, uh, Harper is like saying that the that the rape is still out there. So wah wah wah. Okay, we're gonna go to the second half of the show, and it's six months later, right? And Benson go is going on a date, and look at like who's there. Cassie is there too. But you know, at your actuality, you know, Cassidy, Cassidy, that he will be transferred to, he will be leaving or transferring to another unit at the time. But it doesn't make no sense that he has to be in the unit six months later. But I mean, actor Dean Winters, though, he has a has a, a contract of his other HBO show called Eyes, which also stars Christopher Maloney. So, um, it's like it's like an error today. It's like an error or something like that. Though I mean, six months later, Cassie's still there, but there's gonna be like a series of errors. I mean, I don't know what it is though. So, Benson's going on a date, and Cassie looks at her. He was like saying, "You look nice." And um, however, though, Benson Cassie starts talking to Benson about you know, about uh, the relationship, and uh, Benson tells him, "You know, you cannot." Yeah, he, he she broke a rule. You cannot be having. You cannot be dating a co-worker at the in the same unit. Yeah, even if the even if she had the best sex or whatever like that though. So yeah, she here. So she don't want to go. She she in other words though, she can't go out with someone or, or someone with co-workers, even though when the sex is good though. And then you know, and then Cassidy blurts out saying that. Your, your relationship will end up be having an affair though and whatever so um i don't know cast was after cassidy i mean i don't know he's falling in love with benson and stuff like that but we didn't see that coming though i mean we don't know if it's part of a plot or something like i don't know what it is though so and then anyway craig calls benson to his office okay there she meets a detective from the robbery unit or another was a robbery detective from free one and uh, he tells her a story about um, this a victim named Jane of Tyler or something like that, claiming that she was sex uh, raped by the same guy. But this time he wore a mask, and he always he's saying please and is he always being polite, being please and all that stuff though. So um, however though, Benson caught a familiar case six months earlier. About the guy breaking into her apartment, raping her, and all that stuff, though. But check this out: the robbery. T- I forgot the robbery detective saying that the, when when he broke in and raped the lady, she had a gun hidden under her bed, and then she pulled the gun up to pull the gun on him to scare his ass out. That's he knows that the suspect ran out the window and then hurt himself, and then they also they also tell him that they got him. They they got they caught him, but they let him go afterwards. And he, the, the, the robbery detective also mentions that he's a rich guy who have a who has a lawyer 
that he could get away with it. So, um, Vincent said that she was going to interview Jane and all the stuff. I mean, and Craig tells her, though, this could wait till tomorrow. And Vincent tells him that my bet she, that she's not sleeping. So, Detective Benson speaks to Jane, and she got a black lie, and she describes her attack, though. And, um, Jane, she tells Benson that she had a gun. And Benson tells her, you, you did the one, you did the only, you did one thing, which you did, to survive. Meanwhile, you got, um, Sabler, though, they go to the suspect's house, and, um, he is identified as Kenneth Cleary, right? So he is white. His wife answers the war first, and then here comes Kenneth Cleary shows up. And check this out: his wife was wearing the ring. They, you know, his his wife is wearing Harper's ring. It looks like he's so they bring him in an interrogation and all that stuff because um, most likely he's a suspect. I mean. They ask him where he get the rings and stuff like that. He tells him he got this guy, he got it from a guy named JT or whatever, something like that. And he tells him that he was one. And then they ask him why he was over there at um, 2.30 in the morning. He tells him that he was clearing his head and whatever. I don't know, is he lying or something like that, though? I mean, Mr. Cleary, though, he's like some kind of rich Wall Street dude. Say with that lawyer and all stuff like he's like has the power to do so something like that though, and um, so they ask they also they ask him where he gets the um, jewelry and stuff like that in in bags. He tells him that he got this from a guy named JT who who works right by Canal and Mott between 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 Canal and Mott. But Saber corrects them saying Canal and Mott intersect. They don't go between. So, so whatever it is, like, um, so meanwhile, so, so, I mean, meanwhile, you know, he wants a lawyer, so meanwhile, some, you know, Detective Benson is in Craig's office, and then they might try to bring him to arraignment, because he, they were going to charge him for stolen property, not for rape, so it turns out that, 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 um, the suspect, that he, the reliable suspect he stole Harper's ring and he gave it to his wife that's some kind of present I don't know something like that though so they're gonna keep it in for 24 hours so they don't have to all they have to do is um, try to bring Harper in for an ID so they have 24 hours to do so so okay so um so you know, Benson, you know, Benson and Stabler, they go find Harper, and they go to Harper's apartment, and it turns out that they got like another tenant living in her apartment, and then the other tenant tells her that she moved out a few months ago. So they, after that, they talk to the boyfriend, and um, she, he tells him that, that him and Harper broke up with him, and she, he tells him that she has changed, new haircut, new apartment, new job, whole new Harper. So Benson tracks her down, and he finds she finds Harper, but Harper refuses to talk to the police, and she don't want to do anything with the investigation again. And then they she closes the door in her face. And it turns out that, that the Harper has changed. I mean, she like moved on, and she wanted to put them to put her put her report with her attack right behind her. 
Like she changed and then like she wanted to move on with her life. So right now, you know, as for we got like um Angie Harmon as EDA Carmichael. She's in Craig's office. And um, they're not gonna charge um Cleary for the rape, but they're gonna charge her with um stolen property and all that stuff. So and then they tell Benson just uh leave it alone and all that stuff. So so Benson has a chance and she wants to bring Har- she wants to bring Harper Anderson in for an ID. Yeah, yeah, so that way it says and so they want to make sure that they have their suspect though. So Benson and Cassidy they go to um Harper's new apartment and um they were waiting for a mile and but Benson tells Harper I'm stubborn as you are so Harper lets him in and Harper tells him that she's a changed woman and she cut her hair and she don't wanna she lit a candle, did some yoga, stuff like that. I mean she changed. And she wanted to put that her rape right behind her and just move on with her life. I mean she wanted to accept it and all that stuff though. But Benson tells Benson tells um Harper that, that closure is a myth. And he wants her to come down to the station for a possible ID, you know, so I can put the suspect away. At first, she refuses, you know, but first she gives, Harper gives in and decides to go to the, um, you know, the special victims unit to ID that person. So... Back at the back at the unit, Benson and Harper watch their suspects in the lineup, and one of them includes Mr. Cleary, the polite moms, and um, they say um, the line, this famous line on the show, is this is how you like it. So we go back earlier when um, Benson and was interviewing um Harper after she was raped like during throughout the, during the nighttime she said it she said the same line and when it, with the her rapist said is this is how you like it 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 so we let's go back to the lineup and stuff like that so Benson and Benson and Harper are watching sisters in the lineup they say the same line this is how you like it and Harper is relieved and starts crying because she doesn't seen she hasn't seen her a suspect but he's so but he's there he's already there how, how come I mean Harper doesn't even see she couldn't she couldn't um, ID all five of them including Cl- Clary though they all says the same line and then but it's the tone of the voice and all that stuff. And then she going, she's now Harper's relieved that the rapist is not there. So they leave the lineup and then they at Benson's desk. And Benson hands her the ring that the suspect stole from her. And it goes to tell you that maybe the guy's there. And then, you know, Harper started crying and she hugs Benson. And Benson do knows, and Benson already knows that the guy was there, but they have no street evidence to prove it though. But I mean, I mean I'm telling you, I mean, they, they, and then the guys are lined up and they say the line, this is how you like it. You say, and then 
the victim says that then he's not there. But Vincent found the ring. Goal to show you that the guy was there. He was there already. I mean, he was a possible, and Mr. Cleary was like a possible suspect. So, however, though, when episode ends, when Benson gives Harper Anderson, Anderson a hug, and that was about it, though. So, that's what's going to end right there. So, it was like um, a special episode. Like, it's a good episode, like a special episode. But, one thing I'm trying to find out, though, is that um, they were unable to get the suspect or the perp so it's it most likely that the perp had gotten away with it and it, and you got the perp's power is he'll get away with anything though it's like shoot and because he got the money he got the lawyer and stuff like that though I mean but it goes to show you that uh, how powerful, how brutal stuff it is, and they, they can get away with it. But it ain't gonna be that long because this case is not over. It's not over. So, however, in season two, though, they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna track they pick up that same case again. But this time, there's justice involved going about that. But we're going to get to that soon, later on this year, right? Alright, so um, right now, um, we're in the year 2000, so I just wanted to say that hopefully we'll probably, probably bring up some kind of a contest, give you a little trivia, hopefully, see, give your SVU knowledge, though. So, if we could get this working together, though, if you like SVU trivia and you want me to ask you some questions, answer some questions, and then we'll see what we'll see how that goes, though. All right. Now, in 2000, you know, it's gonna get a little, a little better, you know, side of SVU and all that stuff. Especially when you got Ice T and Alexander Cabba and uh, BD Warren coming out in the mix, though. But that's for season two purposes. So. But we're already like 10 episodes in, 10 weeks in, and we're like halfway, so we're gonna keep going through till like the summertime, you know, so I just wanted to say that it was a good episode, and next week, though, we're gonna be dealing with a hate crime on SVU, so, and then um, it will feature like a, a, you know, then before they were famous actress, so... We also, I want to thank y'all people for listening in, and I hope I'm going to bring out some humor. So, 2000, you know, bring your Destiny's Child music here, bring your, um, uh, I say, uh, Smash Mouth or um, some 41, I don't know what it is though, but you got to bring your Jay-Z's and, um, bring your Lil Wayne music and bring your... Eminem music and all stuff, so 2000 is gonna be a year because you know Eminem got a second album called um, the Marshall Mavis EP, something like that, though. So Eminem's gonna be blowing up. So enough about Eminem right now, okay? So now I'm getting out of here right now because I'm trying to get through, get through some work. So 
uh, you'll listen out next week. So this is um Spotify, Anchor FM, Google. This is S Twisted the SVU podcast, and I'm out. Good night.